Welcome to the Technology Lab, presented by CPA Practice Advisor, with your hosts, Randy Johnston and Brian Tankersley. Good day. Welcome to the Technology Lab. I'm Randy Johnston with my co-host, Brian Tankersley. Today, we'd like to talk to you about the Accounting Firm Operations and Technology Survey. Sometimes we refer to that as AFOT, but uh, many years ago, Brian and I, along with Leslie Garrett, created this survey because we did not believe that the common surveys in the marketplace for accounting technology covered the prime topics that that we thought drove the technology decisions. So as much as we respect the PCPS survey and the Rosenberg survey and so on and so forth, we added a number of questions that were very technology-centric. Further, we were surprised that the survey was indicating future purchase decisions to us as much as a year or two years in advance. So what I'll tell you, even though I stay very much on top of accounting technology like Brian does, that what happened was every year we learned something new. So uh, you know that's a long setup, but I wanted you to understand why we wanted to talk about the survey, because the results are notable every year that we run it, and we have just launched our ninth version of it. So, Brian, sorry to take so much uh, load time on the front end on this podcast, but I know that you do a heck of a lot of the heavy lift here. I'm probably more along as the color commenter and, you know, uh, do a little uh, editing but you really do a lot of the analysis, the reflection on appropriate questions, uh, you know, all the pivot table and reporting that comes out of the backside and so forth. You've been, you know, the atlas on this deal through the years. Well, and, and what I would say about it is that um, it's, you know, the what, what's different is that you and I can look at other industries and, and technological innovations, things like that, and know what's possible. What's different here is that this is this gets inside the head of the practitioners and looks at what they're actually thinking about doing and what they actually want to do. So we actually have a question this year about which systems are you thinking about replacing? You know, we've seen a we've seen a huge number of shifts over the eight years that we've run the surveys, you know, including uh, things like remote work coming up in the pandemic. Uh, we saw the workflow thing happen, and we saw we saw that change uh, change things significantly um, at the early, in the early days of the of the survey. Even though it was just back in about 2013 2014, document management uh, there were a whole lot more people that just weren't doing document management at that point. The laggards. Uh, so it's been really interesting to watch that and to kind of see many of the changes. You know, you saw. Uh, you saw for a couple of years after Thompson ended support for Creative Solutions Accounting, people saying that they still used it. Um, so it's it's been instructive to um, to help us see the uh, the changes that are happening in the profession and the things that people really are not excited about. Uh, you know, it, it's it really has reinforced my belief that accountants, uh, tax accountants in particular, switch accounting software about as often as they switch major world religions. Um, so it's, it, it really, uh, uh, the bandwagon effect in, in accounting technology for accounting firms is very real. Uh, we, we've, seen, we've seen where you'll have a few early adopters and then about a year or two later, suddenly 
a huge majority will suddenly decide that it's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, And in fact, your point, Brian, to to this switching appetite on tax software, uh, this week, uh, I have been appalled how many conversations I've had about firms dissatisfied with their current platform and wanting to switch tax software, not, not to mention the rather we call it an unforced error among us, so we might as well do it on the podcast uh, with the sure prep and uh, Walters Clure Pro System tax situation, which is causing a lot of firms to rethink their strategies. But I've had conversations with firms running every major platform, uh, Pro System Tax, LaCert, Pro Series, Drake, j- just to name the legacy products. And they're well, looking for a landing zone for... They're looking for a landing zone for their new generation technology. And then the other one, sorry to interrupt you on that, but the other one was in the survey, the 1040 work paper products, which, you know, I got excited about in 2006, um, you know, they took a long time to get traction. And when I look at these things, which Greg LaFollette and I came up with the name scan, organize and populate to talk about 1040 work paper products. You know, we thought almost all firms would adopt it, but it we watched it rise in the AFOT survey, and then it started to tail off, and the adoption rates pretty much stopped, which was predicted by the AFOT survey. Now, I'm just going to disclose, I think there's some new 1040 processing coming along, which we'll talk to you about on the technology lab, but wowzers. So, Brian, again, I'm sorry to talk over the top of you. We're, we're being a little more one way than our normal conversational style today. Well, let me let me just say, first off, that you call it scan, organize, and populate. My favorite name for that category is still the name of the product that Mark Ryburn created, uh, BOCDIP, Bag of Crap Document Imaging Program. Um, I, I still think that, that that's the best name ever. And I, and I miss Mark and his uh, you know, his, the, the levity he brought to so many situations and the creative stuff, uh, you know, I hope he's doing well, whatever he's doing. But um, what I will say is that it, it's, it, it is amazing how, how you can watch the change through here. So we've actually added a number of things um, trying to get at the datafication of audit uh, that seems to be happening and the uh, digital plumbing and some of the other things like that. You can actually take the survey and you'll get a free copy of our 100-page report, um, which we sell on CPA trend lines for $495. Uh, It'll take about 60 days after the survey closes for us to get it out uh, just because, uh, I mean, it's 100 pages, people, come on. But um, you can take it at uh, bit.ly, bit.ly slash afot9. So bit.ly slash afot, the number nine. Um, and that will get you the, uh, again, that, that's, that'll let you take that survey. And it'll be open through at least September 1st. It may go a little bit later. We'll have to see uh, some, of the, some of the responses. You know, we're, I, I'd like to get a, a whole lot of responses this year. So uh, we may hold it open a little bit, but it'll probably be September 1st when we close it out this year. Um, you know, one of the other things that we've seen uh, as a mega trend in this is the shift away from on-premises servers and toward hosting. Um, and, you know, we, we thought in 2006, uh, 2005, 2006, when you and I started working together, we thought that the browser stuff and the cloud stuff would be further along, uh, but it just isn't. 
Um, and, and it's, you know, so people are moving more toward this, this hosted model uh, where they have, uh, they have basically a Citrix connection that they connect into. Yeah. And, you know, with that uh, in mind, we were lucky uh, early on to have Leslie Garrett involved who uh, made sure that the survey was statistically valid and that we had longitudinal data year over year comparative data. So we've always had comparative charts on this. And, you know, Brian, to your point on this hosting phenomenon, we figured that hosting would drop off sooner than it did. And uh, it's really been the slow motion of a lot of the different providers that have forced a little bit more hosting instead of being SaaS. But, you know, this is one of those things that I tell people publicly, uh, you know, when we, whenever you make predictions, you're going to have something wrong. And as it turns out, one of my predictions is that we would be mostly software as a service running in a browser by 2015. And it just didn't move that fast. And by the way, I first made that call back in 1997. So I thought, okay, 15, 17 years should be good enough to get there. And here we are many years later. Now, Brian, I know one of the things that our listeners should understand is we have a variety of topics that are covered. And those uh, topics include really almost all things related to the survey, to to your practice, practice management, uh, technology management, the servers and computer hardware selected, the actual applications that you use in the firm. And we really have, I think, every category covered, how remote access, internet and telecommunications is done, and then the way technology spending rates decision-making annoyances and trends are done. So that that format has held up pretty well through the years. And, and again, if you don't mind just referencing where you can take the survey for free, and then we'll talk about some of the other content in past surveys. Yeah, so again, you can take the survey for free at bit.ly slash AFOT9. Okay, so bit.ly slash AFOT9. That'll redirect you to a Zoho survey link. You'll also be able to find that. Um, I'll actually go into my Twitter account, and I hope you'll do the same, Randy. Um, I'm going to go to my Twitter account now and pin my uh, the pin the tweet on how to take the survey to the top of my Twitter profile. My Twitter profile is, or X, whatever it's called today, uh, is, is twitter.com slash BFTCPA. Randy is uh, twitter.com slash RP Johnston. And yeah. so that will, uh, again, that will get you to the survey so that you can basically see it and, uh, and again, get directly to the link. So again, it's at bit.ly slash AFOT9. Yeah. So now the reason why I had Brian repeat that, and I'm glad that he brought up the change from Twitter to X, but both of us have, have a pretty active presence in social media. And we know many of you don't, but I am very thoughtful about the things that I put in Twitter to be only things that I have read that I think are helpful. And in another technology lab, we'll talk to you about how to stay up with the technology. But I'm going to suggest to you that the opportunity to produce this survey has given us insights well above anybody that we encounter. And we are uh, appreciative of the 
sponsors that have paid our expenses through the year. They don't get any special treatment, but vendors like Walters Kluwer and Thomson Reuters and Docket and Network Management Group and others have sponsored us through the years. And again, the we, we would do it just for the knowledge, but it's nice to get paid for our work that way. Well, maybe you'd do it for free, but all that data wrangling, Randy, that I got to get paid for that. I'm sorry. Well, but, you got to feed the babies and the dogs. I get that. <laughs> well, we got we got a lot of mouths to feed at my house. We got three dogs and a 21 year old that's a, that's a wet dry back, and um, you know it. And my wife and myself, so we get a lot. We get a lot going on. But understood. Um, well, are there other key topics, Brian, that you think our listeners should know about and and be I watching for? I think the evolution of remote work and uh, remote access and things like hosted voice over IP. You know, I started using hosted voice over IP way back about two thousand four ish, two thousand five ish. Um, and it has really gotten a lot better. And it's gotten to the point now where for the first time, I'm actually considering getting rid of the handset phone on my desk. You know, I've had a poly uh, uh, voice over IP phone. I use uh, Vantage Unified out of uh, Philadelphia uh, for my uh, for my hosted, hosted voice over IP, uh, but I have a local number. Uh, so they can do local numbers pretty much anywhere. And it's it's been great for me. But um, I'm actually considering taking that uh, that phone box off my desk, just like I took the tin key off my desk, you know, probably 20 years ago. Uh, so it's a, um, you know, the, the more things change, the more they change, the more they stay the same. You know, we, we're also seeing a great appetite in the, in the profession for artificial intelligence. So we've added some questions about AI uh, this year. Um, I, I expect we're going to see. Um, I expect we're going to see concerns about privacy crop up and some some other things like that. But, you know, just generally, um, I think the profession is is strong and is going to be uh, going to be strong for many years to come. And, you know, the, the thing is that I think anybody that says that AI is going to replace accounting, I think it's balderdash. Um, I think that accountants that use AI are going to replace accountants that don't use AI. But uh, as we as we look at this, you know, I, I think that um, that, you know, with the exception of the unforced errors, uh, we are we are making progress. Uh, there have been a number of changes that we've seen as a result of some of the private equity, um, some of the private equity transactions that have happened in the last few years um, affecting affecting products, affecting the profession. Uh, so I don't think things are going to get less expensive by any stretch of the imagination. But um, I think there is a um, there is change in the air. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting you cite the phone because in the week prior to this podcast recording, I actually had a technology briefing from Zoom, not only on Zoom phone, but all of their conference room utilities and their whole platform. And that is quite a change. And if you think about the evolution of Microsoft Office over the time that we've run the survey, the evolution into Microsoft 365, and where for most small firms today, we think the platform of choice is Microsoft 365 Business Premium because of the data loss prevention capability that's required to satisfy your IRS 4557 requirements. Uh, again, you can get an IRS 
uh, security plan uh, guidance from the Grove, which was sponsored by uh, Lysio, but that's probably the best one that I'm aware of out there. But this business premium not only gets you security, things like advanced threat protection and data loss prevention, but really helps with uh desktop, laptop, and mobile phone management. So in the U.S. pricing, that $22 per user per month is table stakes. But if you go to the high end, the E5 product at $57 per user per month, plus the $30 co-pilot 365 ad now, is going to get close to my prediction that Microsoft's going to do everything they can to get you to the $100 per user per month for a Microsoft facility. Now, it's interesting you say that about the $22 for the E3 plan, because that's an Office 365 E3 plan. Actually, no, it's Microsoft 365 Business Premium is the one that I go after. Okay, cool. Cool, yeah, yeah. because the the for Copilot, I think they're going to make you do the Microsoft 365 E3, which is 36 a month if you're on the enterprise side. Yeah, so exactly, Brian. So you're hearing it right. In fact, this whole pricing maneuvering um you know going back to your early comment which i think is spot on the technology to support your users is not going to get cheaper and in fact i know both of us have looked at azure virtual desktop which is being pushed by several hosting providers and used by some firms but i was looking at the dollars related to running a avd uh recently and the problem is that the cost of running Azure Virtual Desktop is variable and expensive uh, to the tune that, uh, just to give you a flavor of it, um, it would be very, very common that you would spend at least $140 a month on Microsoft hosting alone with no service support. In other words, that's a do-it-yourself price, and you'd still have your labor to make it all run. And that well, tells me the whole thing with support with right networks is not that much. Exactly. And that's why the hosting companies continue to do well, because when you look at trying to run on Amazon Web Services or Azure Virtual Desktop, uh, the numbers just don't pan out. Now, you know, there's other pricing that's going to affect us as well because it's real clear that uh, QuickBooks Online raised their prices this year, but QuickBooks Desktop pricing also just went up with Pro Plus going from 549 to 649 a year and Premier Plus increasing from 799 to 949. So, you know, we used to buy a perpetual license that lasted for three years for Pro for 299, not too many years ago. And Premier was 499 a few years ago. So you're paying about 160 a year. We're now going to 649 a year per user and 949 a year. You know, yeah. and, and and as we as we look at this, what this really what they're really doing is what I predicted they would do about 10 years ago, is they're just raising price until people switch. And uh, you know, if you want to pay them and let them make stupid money off of desktop, that's fine. They'll hold their nose and support it. But they are continuing on through here. Yeah. You know, and so to your point on that, Brian, uh, you know, I was actually going to cite, I routinely did my perpetual license on QBD for $180 and thought that was reasonable, fair. And now we're talking 
949 for Premiere Plus. It's like, really, folks? And again, I don't want to live in the past. I'm not trying to do that. But the main point on this is that the price raises to force switches are in progress. And just like I mentioned earlier about all the tax uh, swapping, uh, you know, where people are talking to me about what tax platforms to switch, a whole lot of people are asking, I've got QuickBooks Desktop or QuickBooks Enterprise. Where can I switch that is not QuickBooks Online? And that's a pretty fascinating discussion because there are some alternatives that we've talked about in other technology labs. Oh, there are great alternatives. There's FreshBooks. There's Accounting Suite. There's, uh, you know, Gravity. Uh, there's uh, Spire. There's Sima. Uh, yeah. There, you yeah. know, we can, we can keep going because it's there's not... There's not only one sheriff in town. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing is, is that Zoho Books um, is is actually uh, making huge investments in that product, and and you can integrate that with all kinds of things. Um, and when you compare, when you combine Zoho Books, for example, with Zoho Invoice, uh, there's Zoho Invoice is free. So if you got, you know, it's the biggest no-brainer in the history of Earth for somebody that runs a self-employed lawn service to get on Zoho Invoice to do their billing. Uh, just so they can they can keep up with their revenue and who's paid who hasn't. Yeah. Um, but, well, but you, you know, I, I I'm right that. with you on Zoho Books there, Brian. So, you know, uh, our, our plea to you is please take the survey for free. Uh, we'd rather have you get the results and we'd like to have you contribute your opinion to our results. And, uh, you know, the, the bit.ly slash AFOT9 link that Brian and I have pinned in our X feeds is, is the place you can get that done. And of course, the publication CPA Practice Advisor has also published the uh, links as well. So, uh, you know, again, we hope, though, in this conversation about the survey, you've learned a few new technologies that we're watching and we're so anxious to see this year's results. Brian, closing thoughts for our listeners. You know, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. Um, I think there's, I think there's a lot of challenge right now with the private equity and transitions that are happening, and a lot of the development management at Thompson and CCH and a lot of the other providers. And you know, as Iris tries to rationalize their product line and so forth, but I think it is the best of times when you look at the opportunities for AI and the. Uh, you know, again, I, I think the AI may be coming right at the time we have this problem with talent, uh, where the AI may just solve the talent problem for us uh, rather than having to cut out a lot of folks. But what I will say is that um, I think that the accountants that use AI are going to replace the accountants that don't use AI. Uh, so I think, you know, just stay tuned and take the survey so you can get the results and Get our ins, get our further insights into uh, how this industry is changing. All right, beautiful. Well, we know your time is valuable. We appreciate you spending time with Brian and I in the Technology Lab. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for sharing your time with us. We'll be back next week with a new edition of the Technology Lab, brought to you by CPA Practice Advisor.